0: Hi, David Thexton here, and welcome to this podcast of Everything Business Consulting, brought to you by the ConsultX Business Success Programme. This weekly podcast is for those of you out there who are a business consultant and want to improve your skills and success, or you're new to this profession and want to become a business consultant. People who join ConsultX are ex-corporate employees leaving the rat race, ex-business owners with something to give back, accountants wanting to offer more to their clients, and coaches or existing consultants wanting to upskill. You can become self-employed, enjoy a great lifestyle and become wealthy by helping your clients become wealthy. ConsultX is an online cloud-based business consulting application that has everything you need if you want to become a successful business consultant. With over a decade of development, Consultex offers you a unique opportunity to enter the world of business consulting with a complete system ready to run straight out of the box. In other words, once you sign up, you have access to everything you need to build a consulting business for yourself. Consultex provides a complete web-based training system where you work your way through at your own pace, learning all the important lessons that we've learned over a decade of being in this profession. The training can be as short as five days, or you can space it out over a few weeks. You have a 14-day free trial to consultex just by clicking the free trial tab at the top of the website. No credit card required. If this sounds like you, then the contact details will be at the end of this podcast. Hi everybody, today we've got a very interesting guest, her name is Rebecca Fexton, she is my uh, daughter, my oldest daughter, and she is a digital content and social media manager for me digital bank in Australia, and I've asked her to come along uh, first podcast because a lot of you out there have um, requested through um, uh, help emails back to Consultex that um, you're asking questions about social media. And I don't know a lot about social media, Um, I suppose I'm in the older generation where we were sort of from fax machines and things like that, but things that really, really have changed and some of your clients will need you to give them a bit of a hand on social media. So I'm going to welcome Rebecca.
1: Hello. Thank Hi there. You. Hi, thanks for having me. Very excited to chat about social with you today.
0: That's good. Um, Oh, just also. Becca comes from New Zealand like we all do, but she's been in Australia for about thirteen years, would it be?
1: Yeah, thirteen, fourteen years. I live in Melbourne.
0: Melbourne. Very nice, the coffee capital of Australia.
1: Yes, so I have an accent, an Australian accent
0: <laughs> Okay, let's get into this. So first question I've written down here that's come from our come from our network is should should our clients, Um, Be using social media to promote their business?
1: So, I think to an extent, I think it's important in this day and age to have a presence online. I think the most important thing for the Consultex clients is to have their LinkedIn profile up to date, first and foremost. So, LinkedIn is kind of your digital resume or your digital, um, your online profile for your professional brand. So absolutely keep your LinkedIn up to date and you must have a profile photo, a smart profile photo, not one of you at a party with someone's face half cut out of it. So a professional looking photo. You should update your summary and your job description section with your sort of your professional vision. So you could have something like helping small to medium businesses grow or a business consultant helping grow and make your business more profitable. And then fill out your LinkedIn profile like you would a resume. So, make sure it's full of information. So, this is a a must-do for two reasons. Firstly, when you meet clients, they might do a bit of a stalk before you come in for your appointment. So, having a LinkedIn profile polished just gives that good first impression before you get to meet them in person. And also, having an up-to-date LinkedIn profile is really good because when you meet clients and you... um, If they're not quite ready to sign up and be a client of yours as a consultant, you can always add them on LinkedIn and that way they're a part of your network and you're capturing them in one of your networks so you can maintain a relationship. So maybe in six months down the track, they are ready to join and and become one of your clients. Um, It's just a good way to keep in touch. So I think uh, consultants should definitely be using LinkedIn as sort of a, a digital business card. I think uh, the other social media channels, so it would be Facebook and Twitter that they're interested in using, Um, it's not necessary. I think if you're not confident or you can't be bothered, it it can be a bit of a time suck. Um, The social platforms are built to keep you scrolling and keep you using them. So it can be a bit of a a distraction. If you don't enjoy using it, it's not imperative. It's not a a great acquisition tool um, because you've got to build an audience and then – I mean. because signing a business consultant, um, it's much better when you can talk to them in person. So I wouldn't really focus on using them as acquisition tools. If you were interested in using a social media channel to promote yourself, it would be more as a personal branding tool um, where you could position yourself as a thought leader or an expert on small to medium businesses. So how you would do that is you'd create a profile and you'd share article content or um, information about how to help improve your business and that way it's it's more of a personal branding tool than an acquisition tool so that's how that's how I see it used in sales
0: can I jump in for a second here you kind of answered two questions at once here and that's good Um, the first part as I heard it was you were uh, you, you were talking about our actual people in our network, in other words, consultants in the network. And I just want to point out, and this is my opinion, uh, and not everybody agrees with it, but my opinion is that that when people start as a new consultant um, in in the ConsultX network, um, there's this, This kind of a feeling that they have to have um, a website, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, and all the other things and and social media platforms up and operating for them. Uh, And I don't agree with that. Uh, I think, as you mentioned, probably LinkedIn, if they do a bit of a stalk. I (laughs) laughed at that. Yeah. I, I can I can understand them doing that, and maybe when they get a few months down the track, they can have a a very basic website, uh, which won't cost very much money. But short of that, um, um, this is a face to face business, and they've got to go out and talk to people. Yeah. Because- And and
1: signing on for a business consultant is not a decision that you'll make because you saw a funny tweet on Twitter or something like that. So, I do – we work with a lot of mobile bankers at the bank. Um, And again, signing up for a mortgage is a a bigger decision than buying a pair of shoes online. So, social – is more of a personal branding tool if you did want to use it but it, I don't think it's imperative you don't need to have a, a Twitter profile with 500 followers to walk down to the local um, I don't know the local business district. business district yeah um, to sign clients so it's not a, a must-have if you're genuinely interested in it and you understand it um, you could use it as a, a branding tool but I don't think it's necessary
0: no I, I, I don't either I, I think business card. LinkedIn, uh, brochure, and um, a few months down the track, an a, a inexpensive website that's really kind of a, like an online brochure, yeah. just from a credibility point of view. There's
1: a few free websites out there. There's Squarespace, which is beautifully designed templates, and there's mm-hmm. Wix, and you can, within – a morning set up, almost like they call it a splash page, which is just basic information, your story, a little bit of information, contact details. Um, So that's something you could set up, but yeah.
0: What's the easiest one to use if you're a bit computer illiterate?
1: Wix is good. Wix is... W-I-X dot com. Yeah, it's a drag and drop. So you pick a template, drag and drop, drop your photo in, drop your contact information.
0: Just to everybody out there who's listening, um, <clears throat> don't forget that we've got a lot of, um, there's a lot of artwork on the marketing, under the marketing tab on the uh, on the application. So when Beck says drag and drop, she means go and get a, a logo or get this or get that or um, go to um, Google Images, pull something from there. Okay, moving along. So talking going to back to clients of our consultants now, should all clients be using social media?
1: Um, again, and I'm not a very good social media marketer if I'm saying no, not everyone should be on there. But I do think it can take up a lot of time and focus and it doesn't necessarily automatically fit the business. So, for example, if you sell a specific boat part to a different type of boat wholesaler, um, you're probably not worth spending your time trying to build an audience on Snapchat or any of that. I think the clients that need to be on there are clients that either need to grow brand awareness, sell more direct, specifically online. So if they have an online shop, let's say they're a protein powder company um, or they sell jewellery or shoes and you have an online shop, absolutely. And a lot of um, service-based businesses like Mechanics or... um, And again, online businesses use social media to service their customers. So I Facebook message um, ASOS or Coles and say, hey, where's my order or Australia Post. So if the clients um, want to grow brand awareness, sell more or service their customers, they're all three things that you can do using social media. So if the desire is there, then absolutely, I think they should be on there. And I work for a bank and I sell, well, I don't sell term deposits, but I sort of promote financial products on Facebook and there is a way to make it engaging and exciting if you are creative. So most businesses do find a way to work on there. So I think if there's desire with the client, absolutely.
0: Excellent. Tell, uh, tell our listeners about your smashed avocado story.
1: Oh, um, so I'm not sure if, I think it made news in New Zealand, but a demographer in October last year, said we have a bit of a housing crisis they're calling it where young people can't afford homes housing prices are ridiculous in australia so a demographer said that young people don't own homes because they spend all their money on smashed avocado so cue outrage from the millennials and the hipsters we do not housing prices are unaffordable because of this 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 not because of our $18 smashed avocado brunch that we enjoy once a week it's all we've got blah 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 so um we're an online bank. We sell mortgages. So we really quickly turned around a responsive social media campaign that said you can have your loan and your smashed avocado too. Playing on that, you can have your cake and eat it too. Um, yeah. Mantra, I guess. So we we had a really quick responsive campaign and, we, and this is the good thing about social media. We, within a day, had a campaign turned around and published on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we also then tweeted at a journalist who was covering this story with our campaign. Now, he had a profile of 50,000 people, so we call them an influencer. And some of your clients' brands might have influences, especially if they're a beauty brand or a clothing brand um, or even like a car brand. You know, there's rally drivers around there who have influential profiles. So, we targeted this influencer with our Smashed Avocado campaign and he was like, oh my God, a bank is using this to sell home loans. And because our, our home loans are cheaper than most of the market, we actually have quite a positive sentiment and positive brand attributes out in the market. So everyone just thought it was hilarious. And it we made the news because we were responsive and we had cheeky marketing and we used the power of social media to get our message out there within 24 hours. Now, we also put an ad in the newspaper and that took us six days to get approved and get the artwork out. And we're in Good the enough. newspaper six days later. So, um. Yeah. I think the access to audience and the potential for your marketing messages to reach people quickly and fast does give you that competitive advantage to be responsive. And you do see brands doing that now. I know Pokemon Go was another viral trend that a lot of businesses jumped on and used social media to sort of leverage that viral trend online to get their message out there. So it can be a fun
0: place. Mm, no, I like this story. Just going back to uh, the. Um, the clients of our consultants yep. um, what have you got to say about what channels they should use
1: um, so I think it's really tempting to sign up to everything and be everywhere because you don't want to miss out but you can do a lot of damage to your brand and sort of lose control if you have too many channels so I would suggest picking one or two and doing them well as my first piece of advice secondly we've got Facebook which is the the lord of social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, and Snapchat, which are the biggest channels. I would recommend focusing on Facebook first because it has the most users on there. It's the most popular channel, so there's the highest chance that your customers are going to be there. People also spend about an hour and a half scrolling in Facebook on their mobile every day. So um, if you're not there talking to them, you lose a huge opportunity of their... I guess, their attention and their time. So, Facebook would be first. And then it depends what type of brand or company um, the consultants' clients are. So, for a really visually engaging brand, maybe it's a graphic design firm or maybe it's a bakery that does beautiful donuts, Instagram is great because Instagram is driven by pictures and imagery. So, it's a really visual platform. Um Twitter is good for customer service because it's short, sharp information. So, again, if your if your client is an internet provider or something like that, uh, Twitter would be fantastic. But my main suggestion would be to use Facebook and maybe pick one other channel that works for your business. But do two well, do one or two well, then four or five sort of half well or half good. Well, that's good English, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> well, they know what you mean. Yes, that's the main thing. <laughs> So how would, um, going a bit sideways here, yeah. how would um, how would they learn, this is the, our consultants in the network yeah. um, or their, their clients, how would they learn how to use Facebook?
1: So Facebook itself actually has a really great training section. It's called the Facebook Help Centre. But the other thing is it's really you can trial and error. You can test stuff. So it's not like putting a $15,000 ad on a radio and – and it not working you know it's it's a really low investment to try stuff on Facebook so get in there and give things a go that's sort of learning how to use the tool and you can learn how to post to your wall or if you start a page um just get in there and start playing around Facebook's done a really good job of having a good user interface as well so it's quite natural to find out where to go um and then once you've got your hands on how to use the tool and you've got your profile set up and everything, you can be a bit more structured and you can start doing strategies and looking. There's heaps of experts out there. Gary Vee is one of my favorite social media experts. Um, Darren Rouse as well from Pro, Pro Blogger, um, does a lot of really good article content on Facebook advertising and how to use digital. So once the profiles are all set up and there, you can really start Just doing research, there's a lot of experts out there. And Facebook as well provides some great information on how to make the most of their tool.
0: Excellent. Thank you for that. Um, Can you tell our listeners something about um, um, what they would do to do a kind of a once-over audit of their clients' social channels?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So once you've got a client and they say you're looking at the marketing and they say, okay, we want to use social media or we have used social media, We do what we sort of call a social media audit. So you go in there and you get all of their profiles. You look at them. You look at the content as well. So content is the stuff that the profile posts out there in the world. Content can be images, links, articles, questions, videos. So you look at all the content they have been posting and you look at how people are engaging with it. So engagement is measured in social media land as a like A click, a view, a comment or a share. So someone has taken an action on a piece of content. So you look at the the posts that they have been posting and you look at what ones have more engagement, so more likes or more comments, and you sort of start to think, well, why did we ask a question? Was the photo um, really visually appealing? Was it valuable information? So let's say we're a mechanic. Did we share with them some professional, valuable information about how to make the most of this engine part, or how to um, how to make your car go faster, or or how to make your petrol last longer? So you start assessing the content, um, look at what worked, and just making sure that you have all of their profiles there. You don't want to be six months down the track and then you find a rogue. Twitter profile floating around that you haven't been managing and updating and changing as you make these changes going forward with their marketing. So, it's just getting a sense of where they are, where they've been and exactly where they are now online as you've come on board. So, you know what you're dealing with. They might have a community um, which is Facebook fans or Twitter followers. They might have a community of 20,000. So, it's really important to understand how they got that community, how they got there and what content they've been sharing with them, so that if they need to change going forward, you're not sort of doing the same mistakes that maybe haven't been working for them.
0: That's really interesting. That'll be uh, very useful to a lot of people out there. Yeah. In fact, we've got a a number of our consultants around the world have actually come from social media, mm. so they'll be f- completely familiar with what you're talking about. Yeah. And- can you talk a bit about the um, about what place social media has in marketing today?
1: Yeah, so um, I mentioned before people spend a lot of time on their phones now. Facebook has done a really good job of grabbing attention away from TV and um, even Netflix and stuff, taking viewers away from traditional TV. So social media plays a huge role in our lives. The role it plays in marketing is actually quite huge because of that attention. So, people spend, on average, this is in Australia, but I'm I'm sure it's quite similar in New Zealand and around the world, about an hour and 45 minutes on Facebook every day on their phone. If you catch the train to and from work or you jump on a plane, you're at the airport, everyone is on their phones. So, for a lot of brands now, it's become a really cheap way to communicate with those people Facebook has billions of people on it worldwide. So it's really now used as a, um, a communication channel and a lot of media agencies now include it as one of their media buys when you're media planning. So you'll see it, you'll see radio, TV, display advertising, Facebook advertising, maybe even Twitter advertising in the media mix. So the publishers and the, the radio stations are a bit, a bit afraid because it's taking away media money and ad dollars from them, but it's now definitely here to stay and it plays a big role in our consumers' lives. So if your brand isn't there, um, you're missing out on talking to them.
0: Well, I know the big media companies, the radio TV newspaper, um, and you just look at New Zealand, um, they all own um, social media divisions to their businesses, don't they?
1: Yeah, there's whole social media teams now that buy buy ad space similar to how they would in newspapers and radios, you know, 20, 30 is years it, ago. Is it the
0: same in Australia?
1: Yeah, Yep. Yeah. Um, Agencies have a a social buying team, a social planning team. So let's say there's a L'Oreal campaign, for example. They'll look at their target audience and it's females aged 18 to 35 and they'll buy an ad spot on Snapchat and an ad spot on Instagram and they'll book in that as part of the media planning. Um, But that's, that's big brands for smaller brands as well, I think, especially local brands in small towns and local businesses. Facebook gives you the ability to target who you're talking to. So, you could geo-target people who love donuts, who live in small country town, if you're working with a bakery, for example, or a florist, you could target people who live within 30 kilometers of your town, if that's your delivery range. So, Facebook's done a really good job of offering businesses um, awesome targeting abilities using their data. Some people think it's a bit creepy, um, and it is, but it's how to make the most of your money. If you are going to advertise on social media, you want to make sure you're talking to the right people and the relevant people who could be potential customers. So,
0: Well, it's just getting more and more accurate, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I um, was doing some advertising for TEDx Melbourne. I also consult to them, um, which is a, an independent franchise of TEDx. And we were looking at targeting people who have stated on their Facebook profile that they're interested in TED conferences, TEDx talks, innovation, technology, and design. So it, there's demographic-based targeting that Facebook now offers you. There's also interest-based targeting. And Facebook has now partnered with a few other data partners. So there's Experian, Quantium, Axiom in Australia. And they give transactional data. So I could, if I wanted, I could target... Um, dog collars to people who buy dog food at the supermarket, and it's going to cost me a few dollars to talk to these people. You know, you could spend 50 bucks and talk to dog owners, which is pretty powerful. So,
0: or 50,000 and talk to everybody, a lot of people you don't want to talk to.
1: Yeah, on radio, you don't know. Well, you know that their age and that they live in a certain area, but Facebook's really been cultivating all of this data on people their interests what books they like what movies they like if they're married um, and now businesses who really take advantage of that are using really detailed um, messaging to speak to their customers so it's very interesting
0: so this is because when facebook when people sign up for a facebook account as i understand it um you answer a big questionnaire about what your interests are how old you are where you live how much you earn all this sort of stuff yeah so, they've collected all this data. So, it makes that what well, you, you called it geo targeting. That's geographically, yeah. but also, interest- also it's, it's everything targeting, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So, Facebook offers geo targeting, demographic targeting, so age, gender, whatever, interest based targeting, which is yeah. I watched a trailer for Spider Man on Facebook. So, I'm like more potential to be interested in the, the other superhero movies, for example. And then there's also behavioral targeting. So this is probably my favorite Facebook targeting function. You can target people who commute on a train to and from a CBD area. And Facebook can tell this because because you use Facebook for 30 minutes from 8 till 8.30 and you go a span of 40 kilometers and you do the same thing at 5.30 at night. So I worked, I consulted to a restaurant in a CBD. They had a lunch special. So we targeted a Facebook ad to these commuter type people within five kilometers of the restaurant in the CBD because we knew that these people had a high affinity to be office workers because they caught a train to and from the CBD every day. So when you know your customer, you can find the Facebook targeting ability to target a relevant message to them so it's pretty powerful stuff and it's quite cheap compared to other traditional methods of advertising
0: yeah amazing Amazing.
1: yeah and then the the owner of the restaurant was like oh all these office workers all of a sudden started coming for lunch I'm like yes that's because we targeted an ad towards them do you remember (laughs) it
0: works (laughs) it does Mm. yeah so if one of um, one of our consultants clients requires a social media presence how should you structure it um, or how should they, our, our consultant, structure it in their business?
1: Yeah. So from my experience, I've found that the business owners are generally too busy to focus on it. So I would find someone in the business who is either responsible for the admin or the marketing. Um, if some small businesses have sort of an admin marketing type role or someone who works on reception, someone who isn't the business owner, that's purely because when the business owner has such a competing list of priorities of stuff they need to do, posting a picture to Facebook or Instagram, it can quickly fall down. And it you need to have a, a constant presence and you need someone to own that channel and own those audiences and really start to learn learn more. The more you post, the more you'll see what works and what doesn't. So I would recommend um, giving that responsibility to someone who isn't the business owner. What Do you, do you reckon that's... Good advice yeah
0: yeah well we always teach our people our consultants not to be chicken pluckers yeah they can start it off and and um, strategically um, help them to, to, to build whatever they're going to do in social media but then somebody in the business has got to take ownership of it
1: yeah and what I do is I go I work with small businesses I go in I set up a social media strategy and then I say now in 12 weeks you're gonna know all of this stuff, and you're gonna do the posting because it's more of an asset if we leave that knowledge in the business with them, and we set up accounts that they understand how to use. Um, so yeah, I go in and I say I'm not gonna pluck the chicken, but I'll help. I'll tell you how to pluck it strategically.
0: Mm, yeah. So um, so I'm I'm gonna skip the second, and the last question because I think we've already covered that. But can you tell us what the next big thing in social media is going to be in the next twelve to eighteen months?
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, you never know what these companies are planning, Facebook and stuff, but video, this is the year of video. Video content is here to stay. The algorithms are prioritizing video. If you post a video or if you post a photo, it will show the video to people because um, people are just so engaged with video these days. So, you'll see, you might have noticed in your newsfeed the news companies and news publishers now report the news in short little video snippets. So video content is, you're going to see more of it. You're going to see more businesses using it as well. And you're going to see higher engagement when you do post video. Um, The other thing I know a lot of the social media and tech companies are working on is augmented reality, which is, still don't know where it's going to find its place in business. So augmented reality is, Um, combining technology with, I guess, our reality. So Pokemon Go, if you remember that app, was a version of augmented reality. It was layering a Pokemon over your camera seeing real life, I guess. Um, I know that's what they're focusing on. Facebook is building a thing called Facebook Rooms where you could open up a, a room through Facebook and hang out with your family there who are on different sides of the world. So it's all very techie and I don't quite know its place in business yet, I think real estate um, will be the first and sport will do really well with it. Okay. But, um, yeah, they're all going nuts for all augmented and virtual realities. But video, for, for, for small businesses, I think um, creating some really engaging video content would be a good thing to focus on for the next year.
0: Okay. Well, that's been fascinating. Um, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of the people in our network are kind of in the 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 forty plus age group, so they they've kind of uh, they're a bit late to the game, um, sort of. Um, So it's always good to to hear from somebody like you who's... Um, um, grew up been, with you
1: know, a profile, yeah. I guess.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like when, when, when I was told, I remember when I was told about these things called fax machines, I said, no way in the world. How could a piece of paper going in a machine here come out in London, you know? Yeah. It's just, that's just silly. And then, then what happens next, about 15 years later or something, this internet thing?
1: Yeah, I know, it's crazy. You can, now with Snapchat filters, you can make your face look completely different like, and send it to someone and it's there within a second. The video plays for two seconds and then it disappears. It's,
0: yeah, it's just uh, rate of where's change. it going? Yeah. We don't totally know, do we? No. Okay, now if anybody wants to get in contact with you and ask you a few questions, how should they contact you?
1: Uh, you can email me or I'm going to say you can tweet at me on Twitter. So my handle is at Beck or you can email me. So beckthexton at gmail.com as well. Um, Or add me on LinkedIn, have a look at my profile, see how I've set it up, have a look at the stuff that I post, send me a message, and um, I'll be happy to answer any of your questions.
0: That's fantastic. Thanks very much for that, and uh, we will um, catch up with you later.
1: Wonderful. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem. Bye. Bye. My definition of a lifestyle business is one where you decide the hours you work, who you want to work with, and how much you want to earn. Many people I talk to describe in detail the drudgery of their current job, hours of commuting, boring meetings, little chance of promotion and remuneration, just enough to live on, with little or no chance of improvement, and the very real possibility of being made redundant if the worst happens. Imagine a business where you can take the kids to school when you want, have a three or four day weekend when you want, cut out the commuting and have complete freedom of your time. Business consulting is a business where you get paid for what's between your ears, not the hours you work. Working on a percentage of revenue fee basis frees you from time-based earning systems and takes away all income ceilings. I've worked as a consultant from home since 2005 and right now I'm looking out of my office window at the green rolling pastures of New Zealand uh, about 50 kilometres south of Auckland. Fantastic. And I work the hours that suits me. And I can take a holiday whenever I want to. But in order to move forward as a business consultant, you have to make some important decisions and make that change. You've already started that change by listening to this podcast. This podcast is all about that change and each week we'll be presenting a number of topics and features that will be of interest to you, whether you are already a consultant or you're looking to become one. We'll interview people in our network and we'll dig deep into what makes them tick and why they have become a successful consultant. We'll read out your letters and questions and answer them for you. We'll discuss a case history from our client files. We'll discuss a special topic each week from our listeners' suggestions and we'll interview people who are not in our network but have some interesting information for you as you start work with business owners. Bottom line is, if you're a business consultant and you want to improve, or you want to become a business consultant, then this is the podcast for you. If you want to get more information right now, then go to www.consultx.com. I'll repeat that, www.consultx.com. There you will find everything you need to know to become part of our global ConsultX network.